Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Man, this week, uh, over the last three days, this is something that God's been doing in my heart and something that uh, God's been speaking to me and reminding me of. And so just want to kind of pitch this out there and let this be encouragement for you today before we jump into uh, what the topic of, of our conversations is. So this is John 14, 1. It says, your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And this is uh, Jesus talking to his disciples. He's knowing that they're, they're doubtful of what's happening. And he's saying, uh, don't let your heart become troubled. And I would ask and, and just um, encourage you to be the same way, man. Don't let your heart become troubled right now. You know, some of the news we're hearing is uh, extremely bad. Some is not as bad as it really is. Some is better than it seems. And in all of it, I just want you to uh, just keep be level-minded and level-headed in all of it. Do your part and be wise. Take heart. Do not become troubled. John 15, 7, it says, uh, just this is the next chapter. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be given to you. And this is kind of the basis of what we're doing and how we're moving forward uh, this week as a church. And so uh, what I find unique here is remain. Remain. So much so that this is kind of the anchor scripture of today and how we're talking about remaining. And so uh, the topic of or the title is Remain How. Remain How. And it's a question because this is something that we've kind of drifted far away from, right? And so... And John 15, 8, it says, My Father is glorified by this. When you remain in me, my Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be disciples or followers. And so to follow, to be a disciple, to believe, we must remain in. Right? Verse 9, As my as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and I remain in his love. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. Verse 11 says, I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete or may overflow in some verses. And that's great. So then you can find that, man, when we are in, when we are connected in that relationship with God, our joy overflows. There's peace there. We can take heart and calm down and it's all good because of the connection, the relationship that we have with Jesus. And then I want to fast forward to the very next chapter, John chapter 16. This was this morning, and you're actually talking with your kids. If you did the family conversation this morning with your kids, you're actually going to be talking John 16, 33 today. And John 16, 31 through 33, it says this, Jesus responded to them, do you now believe? Do you now believe? Look, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to your own homes, and you will leave me alone. And then he says, but I will not be alone because... I'm going to the Father, or the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Again, I have told you these things so you may have peace. I have not told you all of this to freak you out or to make you nervous or to, or to um, make you fearful. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. It's a fact, right? We're going to have sorrow. We're going to have trouble. Things are going to happen just like, just like the season we're in. You're going you're gonna to suffer in this world, but be courageous. He says, be courageous because I have overcome the world. Meaning, I've already beat this, and, and I'll beat it again. And so, it's remaining in 
our relationship with him that gives us that peace, that gives us that joy, that gives us that calm, soothing, courageous feeling where, hey, it's all, it's all going to be all right. And so uh, today, I just want to encourage you, do your part. Just do your part, whatever that is. We've been asked to remain at home right now. Just remain at the house. If you have to go to the grocery store, be smart. Uh, Heather right now is trying to do everything over the phone and by delivery. I don't know how that works out. She's she's on it. But man, just be smart in what you're doing. And um, and in that, I just want to pray for um, for a situation. So Father God, I just um, I thank you for the people that are connecting right now, and I just ask you, Lord, that um, you would be with us uh, right where we sit. Your word says when we come together or two or more come together, you'll be with us and you'll see that it's done, Lord. And we need relief right now. We need your help. We need your hand. We need your provision, Lord. And so I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would work through the people who are in charge of bringing and um, creating ways uh, to shut this thing down, to get rid of this virus, Lord. I know that it's a one day at a time, a one week at a time, Lord, but I just ask you and I thank you for bringing uh, relief right now, Lord. I thank you that it's coming in the way of masks and ventilators and gloves and supplies and vaccinations and um, medicine and anything and everything that, that is needed to help this crisis, Father God. Just thank you for being right in the middle of it, Lord. And I especially want to lift up all of our doctors, our hospitals, Lord, who are uh, at some point reaching uh, what seems to be capacity and these tests are um, overwhelming in some ways, Lord. And I just ask that you would give our doctors and our nurses, the people who are on the front lines right now dealing with this, Lord, I ask that you would give them courage, that you would give them peace of mind, that you would give them wisdom that passes all understanding, Lord, that you would give them discernment, that you would help them to um, check every box twice, Lord, that they would um, be very mindful and, and um, engaged as they're working tireless hours, Father God. I ask that you would give them energy and strength, Lord. I thank you for renewing their passion, Father God. A lot of these uh, people became nurses and doctors for times just like this. Thank you for using people to bring a cure, to bring a solution, and to bring an end to this so we can get back to what it is we call life. We love you for it, and we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of all life. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, Today, we're introducing the title or the topic of Remain How. We talked that in the beginning. And so um, this week, we were out, we're walking. And what's funny is as we've been out walking, we see just just floods of people are out walking and riding bikes and jogging and, and doing everything they do. And it's it's really cool to see. But what you don't see is you don't see very many people alone. Everybody is has a, has Everybody has a buddy unless they're runners, and then, you know, runners are at their own pace, and it is what it is. And so people that you would normally walk right by because you have something to do, you're actually stopping and saying hey to and, and actually engaging in conversation. And I think it's, it's um, unique that we're all looking for community. We all really miss the who's that we're around, and because we're kind of cooped up at home right now, um, it's easy to, to see or, or say hey to the first person that you see. And so uh, what I want you to know is that that's natural. We're looking for community because that's that's why God created us. God created us for each other. He created us for community. That's why God gave Adam Eve. It was, it's not good for a man to be alone. So boom, gave him a wife. 
And so then as you think about that and, and you're really kind of in your groove, you realize that um, being home is, um, is, is very different, obviously. But man, when we're out, we like to be and see people. And so obviously keep your distance and all that. Be very smart. But um, I just thought it was unique that we've been home. And, and some of the times we're walking past people that we would never even acknowledge because we've got our head down and our minds on something else. Whereas uh, this week I've seen so many side conversations happening on and around the blocks just because we're getting out and we're walking uh, because that's one of the only things we can do. And so now is a great time to uh, check your calendar. I was talking to uh, one of my friends uh, yesterday and he was, he was saying how his calendar's clearer than it's ever been. And um, it's amazing what's happened as all the what's have been cleaned off our calendar, all the events, and you open your you open your calendar right now and you look at it and you see, wow, there there's nothing. And this has happened to me too. My calendar's been 100% cleared. And so um, on, on the thought of your calendar, and we're talking about how we can remain in our relationship with Jesus, what if you could be busy right now? What if you could go right back to being busy? Would you? Would you? And most of us would answer yes. And the reality is we would say yes to getting back to normal, to getting back to life, because we wouldn't have to face our current reality. If we could just go be busy, if the circumstances weren't as extreme as they are and, and we could survive in our normal environments around it, we would stay busy just so we wouldn't have to hear or listen or be involved in it. And so what's happened is um, even, <laughs> I'll tell you this, even with uh, homeschooling, it's been strange. So we get a day off and the weekend actually means something when you're homeschooling your kids because it is just like work nonstop depending on what pace your kids work at, right? And so good to have um, good to have uh, a day off from homeschooling. That was kind of, that's the one break. That, that's the one kind of sense of relief that we've had, especially if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. And so what's happened is we see um, with our calendar being empty, we see all the space that's available and we see all the what's that kind of keep us from who we are. And we see all the what's that keep us from who we have. And when we stay busy, uh, we realize that it keeps us from our community. When we stay busy, we realize it keeps us from uh, the relationships in our life, whether that be our mom or our wife or the grandparents or whoever that may be, our kids, those things that, that kind of take our time end up stealing from uh, who we are and who we have. And so huh, the big question is this, is, is were you busy before the coronavirus? Were you busy before this time? And of course you were. The answer is of course you were. But the first day or two when you jumped into the kind of mode of quarantine, of self-quarantining, and the recommendation was to stay at home, wasn't the first day or two nice? Like, I, I can't tell you how many people I talked to is like, man, this is actually kind of nice. I'm not running like I've been running, and my pace is slowed way down, and this is kind of good because it's forcing me to take a break. And then day three hit. And when day three hit, uh, your routine was immediately just rocked, right? Because you realize nothing is normal right now. And uh, the immediate thought is to go to, uh, I've, I have something to do. There's something I need to be doing because now I'm bored and this is insane. And so um, I've got to get out of here. 
And that's really why I started taking walks. It's like, man, I've got to get something uh, broken up. We've got our kind of our school routine down right now, or we're doing that in the mornings. And then as soon as that's that's over and done, man, I've got, I'm going to take a walk, and I've got just got to get out of that mode, right? And so then the other thing to think is I should be busy right now. I should be doing something. And if I shouldn't be doing something, then I need to identify what should I be doing. And so then this reminds me of a time where uh, I first learned to actually sit still, where I learned to what it means to remain. And it wasn't kindergarten. Uh, I've, I've had a hard time sitting still my whole life, actually. Uh, I was uh, an adult. I was 31 years old. And um, it took me months. It took me months to sit still for three minutes. And when, uh, when I finally figured out what it meant to actually sit and be still and remain in who God had called me to be and in my relationship with Him, uh, it changed my life. And many of you, have, I've told that story once or twice before, I believe. And um, what's funny is when you sit still, you can't do anything. And you can't be busy. And you have to be okay with that. And so then part of remaining is, is a little bit of that. It's not a lot. It's a little bit of that. But you have to know what that is before you can actually move forward and what it means to be in and remain in relationship with God. And so before the virus, our number one excuse was, I'm busy. That was our number one excuse, and we liked it. We liked it. And we liked to let everybody know that we were busy, right? And on one hand, being busy is really nice because it's a phenomenal excuse right? Hey man, I got some stuff going on here. And can you help me? Oh, bro, I would love to, but I'm busy, right? The busy excuse is really nice when you don't want to do something. But on the other hand, it's also extremely sad because it takes from the most important things in your life. But busy just kind of seems to be the norm. This was such a, uh, this was, this was a big word for me that I deleted it from my vocabulary about four years ago. It's not that I never say it, but I was very intentional not to say that I'm busy. And um, and so in all that, I stopped saying it because I realized this is stealing. This is stealing from very important things for me. And I was using busy as an excuse to choose a what over a who. And we'll get to that here in a second. The biggest question today is, does what you're busy with really matter? Does the what that you're busy with, is that does that really matter? And I'm not saying that it doesn't. If it does, how much? How much does it matter? And then my follow-up is how much of what you were doing before we were quarantined that you're not doing is now in disrepair? A week or two weeks in, we are in our, uh, this is, we just finished up our second week out of school with the kids. And so, Two weeks in, how much of what you were doing is in disrepair and just totally lost and we can't do uh, anything with it? And I think you'll be surprised with that answer. And so um, what rocked me when I asked myself this question, and, and I'm challenging you today because this is this is 100% everything that I've been through, right? And so what rocked me is when I asked myself, in being busy, whose approval am I looking for? Right? And I'm asking these questions right now because we have time to reflect. We have time to sit back. Our foot's off the gas right now. It's not that we're in neutral, but we're looking for gears right now. 
And in this time, in this moment, when we're looking for what our next gear is, what I want to ask you is that it's the same thing that there was a punch to the face. It was in being busy in all of what I'm doing, whose approval am I seeking? And the good church answer is God's. I'm just doing the Lord's work. You know, God's called me to do this. God's given me this. And, and that's, that's a great Sunday school answer. But however, that was not my answer. And my answer wasn't even for my spouse, right? And so some of the things you do, it's, it's for your boss or it's for your kids or um, it's for your spouse or your friends. But in all reality, it's for yourself. It's for yourself. I'm busy doing this for me because check. And I know that's extreme. I'm just trying to help you get a grasp of this. And so what I want to know after we answer that question, that after we answer that question is this. How do you know when you get there? How do you know that you're approved? Right? I think this is where most of us, um, I think this is what is getting most of us right now. We feel like we're not getting there because we've kind of been uh, sidelined a little bit or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be for you. Um, and, and I know all of us aren't in the same boat speaking very generally. Um, this might be what is getting us right now because we feel like we're not moving forward. We're not getting there. And I just want to know what is there? What is that approval? What is that bullseye for you? And when you get down to it, you have to ask yourself, who defines that? Who defines what approval is? Who defines what the mark is? Who creates the checklist or uh, what you have to get done? today or or before we were in this position and the reality is it's you you create all of it and and this was my answer this is why this was this was hard for me uh, when I realized wait a second man I'm the one that's that's creating this checklist that's got all this stuff and I'm the one that's telling Heather um, I can't come home until I get until I get this one done or hey she you know I'll be home at 4:30 but at 5:45 she calls and, and I'm just not there yet, and she's waiting to have dinner done so we can sit down as a family at the table, and I have to say, I'll be right there, but I didn't mean, I didn't mean I would be right there. I finished what I would do, and it meant I would be there 45 minutes to an hour later. I, I created that problem. I created that list, right? And what, what I saw is it's a moving target. I'm never going to, like, this list... Whatever I'm writing on my list here, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. If I get all this stuff done today, guess what? I'm going to create more stuff to put on there tomorrow. And so then you realize that you have to set a really good pace. I just need to set a good pace. And in all of that, what I learned is, and this is this is a quote, I think um, one of the guys who's on our board uh, reminded me of this. Our expectations lead to our greatest frustrations. Your expectation leads to... Your frustration, meaning you set yourself up for heartbreak. We do. We create our heartbreaks because we have this mark of like, this is where we got to be. This is where we're getting to. And in all reality, um, even, even when and if we got there, it wouldn't be what we made it. We expect it to be something so much more. And so moving, moving on and uh, talking about what's and being busy. As adults, our number one question always seems to be, well, what do you do? What do you do? And what we need to see is we've lost our why. We've lost the why. During the quarantine, we have a great opportunity to rediscover that why, though, because the what's have slowed down. 
there's not as many what's right now. And so then if you have kids, you know that their number one question is why? And they have 10 whys for that one why. Well, why? Well, why? Well, why? Well, what happened? What happened to us as adults? Somewhere along the way, why became um, not irrelevant, but almost um, in a sense offensive, right? And we don't ask why because what, what do you need to know for? Like, I got it, right? And so then what became the most important thing that we ask, which means we stopped dreaming and we started doing. Do you love how your kids dream? I, uh, the why question used to drive me absolutely nuts. And today it's, it's not even like that. And so what you do has become synonymous with who you are. There's a reason it almost always follows what's your name. You get to yourself, you introduce somebody, you introduce yourself. And every time you start a conversation, what you do is helpful, right? And so it's get to know you shorthand. If I'm just getting, hey, my name's Dusty. Hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, and what happens is um, when we ask that, that question, what do you do? Um, it allows people to kind of categorize you. It gives them a snapshot of what you do or who you are or so they think. And so they just kind of follow you away and say, oh, well, he's this, so he's got to be that, right? It's just like assuming that every lawyer likes to argue. Right. That's not that's not true. That's not the case. But that's just kind of the well, that's oh, he, he, he does that or she does this. And that's where they fit. And it's just get to know you shorthand. We engage like this most of the time because of two reasons. We're either disinterested or we're too busy or we're too busy. And so I believe the most important thing we can do, especially with people, is to slow down. And so what you do is important. I'm not trying to downplay uh, your position or your title or your job or, or anything like that. I'm not downplaying all, any of that. I believe what you do is important. I believe that it matters. But if you get anything, I want you to get that. I, I also believe that what you do does not define who you are. What you do does not define who you are. It's not even close. But the sad truth is a lot of us define who we are by what we do, what we do has became our identity, right? And so we're, what we're talking about today is how do we get comfortable being us? How do we get comfortable remaining in who God's called us to be, who God's created us to be, and how do we remain in that relationship with him? What really matters, and it's not, it's not what you say so much, it's, it's who you are, right? It is um, it's for our kids. So leadership 101 is show me, don't tell me. Show me in a way of who are you? Not um, do your words match your actions? And so then um, actions are always going to speak louder than words. And what I want you uh, to see is, is this is kind of a side note on this, but um, have you ever told somebody you were going to do something and not did it? Yeah, me too. Several times, okay? Super guilty. And the reality is good intentions never make a priority list. It's always great to say, yeah, I'd love to do that. But the moment that I realized that um, my actions didn't match what I was speaking, I realized I was wrong and I wasn't honoring God with who I was. And so then and I wasn't honoring the other the, the person either. And so um, here's how this happened for me. Um, long story short, I love to work. I love to do. I love to stay busy. And I, I stayed busy so much doing stuff 
that it overtook the great things in my life, like my wife and my family, my kids and vacations. Matter of fact, I can't tell you, I've been forced to take vacation a few times just because I loved to work. Uh, my weekends, what weekend? We got stuff to do, right? We have stuff to do. And what stunk in all that is it really affected my attitude. It affected who I was being, especially to my family. And so what you need to understand today is if you're going to be somebody, if we're going to remain in Christ, it starts with living a balanced life. And so as you sit here today, whether uh, you're watching this from your couch or uh, your kitchen table, you're three parts whole. You're a spiritual, emotional, and a physical being. And to be the best you, you must live balanced in those three areas. And so if you picture this like having three balloons in your air, physical, emotional, and spiritual, it's keeping all three balloons of at once. Well, the reality is when we live busy, um, we only have time to keep one balloon up. And it's just got to keep this. I'm busy. I'm so busy. I've got to keep this up, right? And busy tends to do with the physical side. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. You're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. I spoke a message on this uh, four weeks ago. I will re-record those and get them on video so we can get them out and get them shared. All right? Uh, to gain health, you need uh, to be healthy, you need to gain health in all three, spiritual, emotional, and physical. The struggle is this, that busy makes physical health our first priority. Busy makes our physical health our first priority, and we struggle with that because of our pace, right? And so then we go to bed on like negative 50, just hoping to wake up on zero so we can have a cup of coffee or three and move on with the day. And so then that's not how we were intended to live or how we were made to live. And so I know that today most of us are feeling a ton of emotions. We're going a little stir crazy because we've been locked up. Our calories are clearer than they ever have been. And so then my goal today is to help you get to a place uh, where you can see that who you are fuels what you do. Who you are fuels what you do. But it starts with your health. It has to start with your health. And so, like I said, you have a phenomenal opportunity during this time uh, of quarantine to really get healthy. And what um, the win in that is this. When you get better, everybody around you gets better. When you get better... Everybody around you gets better. And when that starts in our house, man, great things happen. Great things happen. So here's my only point for today. Don't get distracted by what you do. Don't get distracted by what you do, especially in this season. A lot of us have permission to be off or we've been kind of shelved or sidelined or whatever it is. And and I'm, I am in the same boat as you. I am believing for miracles and and normalcy as soon as possible but in this time don't let that distract you right if you do it will rob you of the moments that you have with your family it'll rob you with the moments that you have walking down the street and passing with somebody because your focus won't be on who it needs to be it'll be on a what and so we see this in Luke 10:38 through 42 this is Luke chapter 10 this is the story of Mary and Martha. And to give you some, um, uh, uh, so I don't know, what, 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 I'm missing the word. But Luke 38 kind of gives us um, a little bit of the scenario where we're at, what's happening in the Bible, right? And so as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, 
they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. All right, so they're coming from one town to the next. Her sister Mary sat on the floor. This is verse 39, and we're going to park here today. Verse 39, her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. Verse 40, but Martha was the jittery type and was worrying all <laughs> was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Sir, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over these details. There is really one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, so it won't be taken from her. Well, Mary's discovered what one thing is important. Let's go back to verse 39. Her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. She remained, right? Martha was distracted with busy, all these details, and Mary realized how to remain. Jesus is here. I'm going to be with him, right? Jesus in the house. And this is uh, some commentary here. Since Jesus is forward to speak, then we should be quick to listen. So then, Mary set to listen, which lets you know she paid close attention. She was at his feet, right? Her mind was composed and she was resolved to abide or remain in it, in that moment. Not to catch a word now and then, but to receive all that Christ delivered. She set at his feet, sit, she set at his feet, sitting at Christ's feet when we hear his words signifies a readiness to receive it. And a submission, an entire resignation of ourselves to the guidance of it. We must either sit at Christ's feet or be made his footstool. But if we sit with him at his feet now, we shall sit with him on his throne in heaven. Man, that's so good. That's what Mary chose. And what he says in verse 42, he said, Mary has discovered what's the most important and it won't be taken away from her. Right? And that's the same thing with us when we learn what it means to remain. So then the question is, are you taking time to sit with God? And are you taking time to sit with God because you want to or because you need to. Is it an obstacle to sit down with God or is it an opportunity? Is it weird? What is, you know, there's, we call it Christianese where I'm from. What is a chair time? What is a quiet time? Those are awfully weird words, Dusty. Like, why do you say that? I call it a chair time because I sit in a chair and the chair is the place and your location is 80% of your success. And so, that's why I call it chair time. I know where we've got with it, and, and, and that doesn't bother me. Don't get caught up in the language, right? The moment you get caught up in a word, you're just, you're just using it as an excuse not to do it. And so the one step, uh, this is the one step to remaining in Christ, taking time to sit. This is the one step to remaining in Christ. It's taking time to sit. What a great opportunity we have right now because you need it, Right? but also because God desires to have time with you. God desires to have time with you. And so your action step today, and I'm closing, is this. Mark out 15 minutes each day this week. I'm going to be posting uh, five separate, really short messages on the five attitudes or five principles of how to remain. I'm going to drill deep on these, and they shouldn't even take 15 minutes, to be honest with you. But the whole goal is how to remain in Christ. We all need this this week. We all need it this week, but we need it for the rest of our lives. We need relationship. We need a real relationship with God so we can have a real relationship with the people we're around. And that starts uh, by remaining in Christ. And so I want to tell you, lean into this.
lean into this. Your why is attached to a who, not a what. Your why is attached to a who, and you have a you have who's around you right now who are looking to you and who need you. And so because they are, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, lean into what we're going to be talking about over the next five, six days. And it all starts with you. It all starts with you. Your why is attached to a who. And that who starts with you by being healthy and living balanced. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for today. Thank you for showing us that Mary chose right, that she, she chose how to remain in you. Lord, I, um, I just give you this time and this moment. I thank you, Lord, for helping me to use the experiences that you've allowed um, me to go through. Lord, to help people move forward in their faith with you, to move forward in their relationship with you, to help them to remain in you, especially in this time. With a lot of uncertainty in our world, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you are a rock, that you are a peace, you are a comfort, you are a joy, you are our courage, you're our provision, you are everything. We're grateful for that. We stand on it. We believe it wholeheartedly, Lord, and we're thankful for it. I ask you, Lord, to help people be bold this week. Help people to have confidence in engaging with what we are, um, with what we're putting together, and how and what it means to remain in our relationship with you, Lord. For anybody who doesn't know you, help them to come home. If you do not know Jesus and you need to establish a relationship with Him, I just ask you to repeat after me to say. Father God, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. Forgive me. And give me life. Thank you for a fresh start. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.